Neutral tones. <laughs> you're, hey. funny. you're a funny well, guy, Jake. Welcome to Jake, everyone. Sounds like a really bad college acapella. Oh, group. did we not th- get that on the uh, on the recording? I think we might have actually. Neutral so. tones. Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By. This is episode 14, and today we'll be covering The Devil in the Dark and Errand of Mercy. I'm Jake, and today we're joined by... Chris. Ames. And Caitlin. Woo! So today's episodes are The Devil in the Dark, wherein the uh, a remote... I, I don't know how remote it is. I'm going to say it's remote. Pretty sure it's uh, remote. Mining operation is having some trouble. Uh, they recently expanded onto a new level, and their guys keep getting burned alive by uh, some sort of a monster creature. So they call in the Enterprise. It sort of becomes a thing, and you know, Kirk seems to be <laughs> far more concerned with the uh, delivery of, of the minerals than the 50-odd guys that have been killed. Like you do. Um, as it turns out, the titular devil in the dark is actually... Actually, I a uh, Horta in the dark. In the dark, a mommy who is simply protecting her nest, and she's actually very smart, and she has poor grammar, but is full of love. Then it could be worse. She could have Kelsey grammar. Oh, oh, yes. Room shot. Uh, Kelsey grammar would make a great porter. That's Fraser, also captain of the Bozeman. True. Okay, uh, we'll also be discussing Errand of Mercy, notable for being the first appearance of the Klingons, or Klingon, or Klingon, um, however you might want to say it. Take your pick. They use all of them in this episode. Yeah. Um, as this episode opens, we find out that the Enterprise, or that the Federation, rather, uh, some some has had some difficulties with the Klingon Empire. They're uh, a war. A war is a coming. They're expecting an unexpected attack. <laughs> um, or rather, expecting a surprise attack. Surprise! So they go to this little planet, Organia, and meet the Organians, um, who are all too chill about the whole thing. Super chill. Super chill. Like, Kirk's like, guys, the fucking Klingons are coming. You're gonna get fucked. Eh, we'll be fine. And they think it's gonna be fine. And sure enough, uh, (laughs) the dreaded core shows up and declares himself the military governor of Organia. And yeah, most, most... Mostly what happens is Kirk and Spock try to convince the Organians that the Klingons are, are no good and that they got to do something. Um, but the Organians aren't having any of it. And it ends up just being another case of, well, why didn't you tell us that from the beginning? <laughs> um, when we discover that the Organians are actually super advanced beings from uh, that, are, that have evolved to be nothing but energy and can stop wars. Apparently. Need some of that in Earth sometimes. So uh, I guess we'll get started with Devil in the Dark. I like I like how every week we get a different voice from you, Jake. This is your happy announcer voice. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to a star to steer her by. <laughs> Yikes! Looks like someone can't throw too many more stones about announcer voices. I'm just saying. So this is this is the Devil in the Dark, which is reportedly one of Shatner's favorite episodes. Mm. Really? Yeah. I think he took. I think he also mentioned another one later, a different time when asked what his favorite episode was. He's the only one he could remember. Maybe. Yeah. Like, where's the one? Where's the one that I fuck with the giant Afghan blanket? <laughs> it looked like a pizza. Yeah, so it was a pizza horseshoe crab. I liked it. I thought the horda was cool because I was also reading up on the on the horda, which you know it looks like a a big woven blanket. Kind of like slumped, like a like it walks around like a tortoise. Yeah, vaguely turtle shaped. Yeah, but apparently, um, hope I'm not going to pronounce this horribly wrong. But Janos Prohaska was the guy who designed and wore the Horda costume. Basically, they told him, yeah, if you if you bring us a costume for something and we like it, we'll use it in something. And he brings them this thing. He like wears it. He shows them and he wears it into the office. And they beat him to death. So <laughs> they, they tried, but he was silicon based. Oh, yes. And Gene and um, Kuhn both both look and say, "Wow, that thing's really cool. What's it for?" And he's like, "I don't know. You guys can do whatever you want with it." You know, Gene's first. Gene, it's Gene Kuhn. 
He's, they're both there's two genes. Yep. So Gene Roddenberry Gene and Gene, Roddenberry Gene, Gene Squared. Gene I was, I was going to say, like, I don't want to say Gene again, but I don't Gene. remember if that's actually his name. Gene yeah. and Gene. The Genes. Yeah. can tell why they like each other. They might not. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I assume they do. No, then this costume was also originally created for the Outer Limits, which is why Prohaska came up with it so quick. That's very interesting. Well, it's an interesting... Yeah, it was cute. It was a that, cute critter. Yeah, it's one of the few instances of an alien that is not humanoid. Oh, I appreciate yeah. that a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when we see an alien, it's some bronzer on the face. But well, we'll, the, get, we'll get to that We're looking at you, Klingons. And then, you know, or butts on their heads. Yeah, or ex- extra arch eyebrows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think that alone makes it an interesting topic. We did have a unicorn dog at one point. That was kind of fun. Oh yeah, oh, he was yeah. cute. He wasn't sentient though. The horde yeah, at least is at least sentient, but possibly a little dumb. I don't know. It seems to know what it's doing. I mean, I'm surprised because you know, I mean, it worked out certainly for the colonists and everything that it just stole that vital component of the reactor Without and didn't just it. melt it. It melts everything else. Yeah. It melts. People into yeah. nothing but except yeah. bones, bones and teeth. teeth. Yeah, I mean, it was smart enough to know that McCoy would have been on that. Right. That was a uh, vital component. Uh, yeah, and but it, yeah, I mean, I wonder what its plan was. Like, was, yeah. it, was it like, hmm, I'll take this and then I'll negotiate with them for its return? Hopefully, they have a mind reader on board. Yeah, or like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it did put it in its hall of tomorrow, whatever the fuck it called it, it hall mm. of presence. Well, I feel, I feel like friends. it was trying to get them all killed. Right, but that's why it's weird that it didn't just melt oh, that it the wouldn't component. Just melt it's it? like, yeah. I'm going to take this and hide it in my... Well, maybe it's yeah. part, part magpie. Just likes a shiny thing every now and then. There we go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I think my, the thing I found most interesting about the episode was that that it was very much a anti-capitalist message in a way with Kirk going on and on about how oh we need to we need to kill the thing we need to we need to get rid of it to to the spice must flow yeah we need this pergium yeah the pergium whatever pergium very was. important it's very used important. in what nuclear cores or something he said, said at one point it's something to do with like life support systems and yeah. not a fuel I don't think it ever comes up again ever in I did, Star Trek I did like that despite like this this need for the pergium they have all these silicon eggs which they don't they don't know as eggs uh, at the at the beginning They're like oh this is all just useless silicon you can't do anything with silicon they could lubricate <laughs> yikes that's true though yeah well, I think I think the point was that they were showing like it's the future. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's just like there's there's a joke in DS9 where you know the currency that the Ferengi use is gold pressed latinum, and the latinum gets taken out uh, and gets stolen, and then all Quark is left with is worthless gold. That's well, cute. That is funny. Although in I think they're like first or second appearance, uh, Ferengi refers to the fact that the Federation uses gold in their com badges and refers to it as valuable. So hmm. apparently, wow. sometime between the start of Next Gen and Deep Space Nine, they just found a planet made of gold, and that fucked the futures market. Mm. Continuity, people. <laughs> Maybe uh. they meant that communication was valuable. Oh, oh shit, that was deep. Of course, mm. also like first appearance Ferengi versus DS Nine Ferengi are. The very very different, different things. Yeah. They had too. weird electric whips and stupid vests. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. We're the second kinky episode in a There's row. There's a lot Aren't of there ki- whips and chains in the last episode as well. <laughs> Somehow. Somehow. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is, I feel like this is one of the sort of the big ones, one of the big Star Trek episodes. Yeah. Um, famous ones. Unfortunately, like some of them, I feel like it, there was a bit of a sag. Uh, like once they got to the Horta. You know, when Kirk and Spock are sitting there and everything's all chill. I feel like that bit... Stretched out. Just a little bit. Yeah, I would have liked it if there was more unrest among the miners. Like, yeah. They, like, they're talking and talking about how, oh, these guys, you got these guys over here and they're really angry. They're all they're all hard and, you know, they want to come over and lube up and get in there and just really, just really jam it in. And, you know, it takes a while and then they just start beating off the guys and run in and and then and then and and then they built the the Where where are we going with this, Jake? Where I mean, I'm just saying how there was a lot of build up, there was a lot of talk about how upset the and miners you couldn't, were. And you couldn't climax? Yeah, and it, and like the and the, yeah, it was just it just popped off eventually, but it just took a little while to What is happening? Yikes. 
Something about climax not coming quickly enough. Oh, oh my god! I know what you mean, though. Um, yeah. Like, it, it feels like it was... We're told that they're tense. We see them once briefly, going like... And then we cut away we have for to a kill while. It. And then we go back, and then they just wail on Lieutenant Leslie and the other two fellas. Uh, you're right, though. There wasn't really an escalation. There was, mm. we're annoyed, we're outright attacking Starfleet officers. Do you think we, like, lost something? We skipped them, but did we lose a scene? I don't, I don't think know. so. No, like I said, because the Horta stuff was so stretched out, apparently it felt like maybe they'd run a bit short. Yeah, it's too bad because that the yeah, I mean the Horta scene was so fucking painfully long. Yeah. Not like I fell asleep during of, it or anything. Of, of, watching the, the, the mind meld with the Horta, yeah, or fucking hell, all of it, all of it. If like, we'd had a little more restless chickens from the union or whatever, it would have been maybe a little yeah. more watchable. Which is a shame because I mean it is a good scene. You know they they let Nimoy. Do, some do his thing, yeah. which is nice. He was pretty good. And he, he does very well with it. But after a while, you do kind of feel like he's just like... Ah, Sadness. Oh, God. Like, it also feels like maybe they just told him to riff after a while. <laughs> You're doing great, Leonard. <laughs> Love that at one point they cut to Doc while he's patching up the Horda with literally concrete. And even he's just making a face like, I don't have time for any of this fucking shit. This is a weird day. Mm. I am so drunk. <laughs> I am so not a bricklayer. <laughs> Although he did a freaking great job yeah, at it. Yeah, so he's getting his hands wet with some masonry. He is a bricklayer now. That's brilliant. You're was brilliant. Was this the first, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a doctor, not a blank? It was. Yeah, I was actually, I meant, I forgot to mention it's, it. It last... felt underplayed to me. So I feel, I, either I was expecting a, like, a big, like, jab to the ribs, like, this is the, uh, this is the funny line, guys. But no, he just kind of delivered it. Well, because it was the first time. They didn't yeah, know maybe. what it was going to be. Mm. Although I, I forgot to mention last week, there was a moment where he doesn't say, I'm a doctor, not a blank, but he does, he says what is sort of a variant on, I forget which of the two episodes it was in, I don't know. but he did say something getting to that. So like they almost had it earlier, but it was this writer who got the snappy version. Mm. That's a legend was born. Yep. So that hoarder, though, I mean, it goes and it can dig some, dig some mighty fine holes. Mighty fine, perfectly round holes. It passes through rock like we pass yeah. through air. Yeah, but if it's passing through rock, shouldn't it be a hoarder-shaped hole? In, like, like you know, when they no. have like someone run through a wall and like, comes out as a silhouette of them? It's just, <laughs> see, what happens is you're picturing it all wrong. The way it moves itself through the rock is by twisting its entire body... So it corkscrews in a, through? In, in, a, in a clockwise motion. <laughs> so it gets that nice shape and that nice And that's groove, why it's so hot nice when it's look. done. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, do okay, feel like, okay. I do feel like maybe a better metaphor would have been it moves through rock like we move through water. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen how no I move through sand. water? <laughs> I don't know what I mean by it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was a weird little... <laughs> <laughs> Innuendo. <laughs> Lucky water. No, but I really don't know what I mean by it. Yeah, I don't know, but like we move through air, like with no effort, because whereas it looks like when I move through when I move through air, I'm not you know squirting acid every place as I go. Usually, don't yeah. judge. I'm the other way around. Alright. <laughs> yo. Yeah, I didn't really like this episode. Really, I like uh, the horda. Yeah, I, I like the, the horda, horda was cool, but I was just bored. Yeah, I can see there, there being so kind of boring. a lag because once we figure out, okay, this is the horda, and oh my god, you could have just said they're fucking eggs. The horda is protecting her eggs. Twenty five minutes ago, well, because they Jesus Christ, that really loudly, like yeah. when they're first in that office and they're focusing the camera on the egg and mm. Spock's looking at you, it. You know they were actually bouncy balls painted gold, right? No, of course, well, of course they were. Yeah. Cool. We can have some horta of our own. Great game of kickball after the shoot. Yeah, I, I just imagine all the actors jumping into piles of bouncy balls after filming's done. Oh, that'd be fun. Because yeah, there were quite a few of them at the end. It was funny because at first they were like, my God, there's tons of them. And we've only seen four. Hmm. And we were like, yeah. And then when <laughs> they finally get to the actual nest. And it's like, no, yeah, there's like a hundred of them there probably. All right. Even though, even though Kirk says there's like a million of them. Well, yeah, well, you, you know, know he that, can't really count. You know that because when he walks into the room, you know, we see him looking off camera and he looks in awe at this enormous thing they unfortunately can't afford to show us. <laughs> if only they had the uh, effect of like the suitcase, you know, in Pulp Fiction to like shine in his yeah. Yeah. As he looked at all the eggs, like, <gasps> mm. what's yeah. in the nest? Marcellus Wallace's soul. Yep, yep, yep. That's awkward. <laughs> Marcellus Wallace's eggs. Also, I love that this is like a treasure planet. They're like everything we want. There's gold and platinum and diamonds and all this shit. And it's like, how is that possible that the whole planet well, it is turns just... out it's just horta poop. 
Horticultures. No. Yeah, sorry. I, I apologize. I'm ashamed. I'll see myself out. No, but going going back to the to the egg thing, I felt like Spock was getting weirdly self conscious around McCoy. Am I making this up? Yeah, he, he was did. like he was like, oh, McCoy keeps making fun of me because my theories, which end up being true, because of course they are, because I'm Spock and everything I said say ends up being right. But McCoy's looking at me funny, like he wants to make a joke, so I'm not gonna say anything else. I feel like that's more an excuse, just because at the end of the day, Spock does hate to make McCoy happy. I was going to say a guess, but that's true. <laughs> so, like, he's like, okay, I am, like, 98% sure, but I really want to be closer to 99.5. He doesn't like to guess. Exactly. Like to guess to guess. Although he loves quoting odds. He does. He does that Those in both odds. of these episodes. That's true. He does. We have a lot of odds. I wrote, it, I wrote this one down because it was very silly to me. So the odds of both Kirk and Spock getting killed by the Horda... If, if they both keep looking for the Horda, was 2,228.7 to 1. Which, considering the Horda has killed 50 people, and considering if Kirk and Spock had stayed together, it could have just taken out both of them at once, they're pretty good at freaking odds. Yeah, plus aren't there only said like 100 people involved in the search? Where'd he get yeah. the 2,000 <laughs> hoodly do? We have exactly a 2,000% chance. It's like, no, you have a 1% chance. You are one of 100. That's the chance you have. I don't know. I don't understand and statistics. Plus you, That's probably wrong. If you stay in a team, like we were saying, too, I feel like, you know, if you were at least on different teams, like if Kirk went off with Leslie and Spock went off with some other asshole, you know, that's one thing. But they were sticking together, which seemed to increase the risk of their both getting mm. murdered by the pizza. Oh, absolutely. That's a murder I would be down for. Pizza murder? Pizza murder. The uh, the the way it killed with the burning um, was yeah. pretty uh, pretty graphic. I thought, you know, mm. like, just a steaming outline of the of the person. Yeah, I was yeah. surprised by that. It is pretty graphic. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine being very weirded out by that if it if this were still 1967. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was clearly set up to kind of be like a, a bit of a, a horror show, you know, a bit of a yeah. What yeah. is this horrible well, it's, a, thing? it's a monster. It's the devil in the dark. Yeah. And, and they're calling it a monster over and over and over again. So it and feels... it turns out to just be a mummy. That's the thing. When you finally see it, it is a little underwhelming. Because it's like it burns their bones to, you know, they disintegrate completely with this acid. Mm. And you see it and you're just like... I made that in knitting class. Yeah, for real. Mm. Like, mm. But... That's all right. I forgive them. It moved creepily, which I liked. Yeah, I, the movement I find was really it, good. I, yeah, I like creepy movement. movement will actually give you quite a bit, like if it, even if the thing itself doesn't look great. Yeah. So, points for that. Mm. Spock is interesting in that when we when we find the hoarder and he realizes, oh, this is probably the last of its kind, or you know, one of the options is is this is the last of its kind. Uh, you know, like we've seen with Salt Vampire and like we've seen with Ruck. So we probably shouldn't kill it if it's the last of its kind. And then like a little while later, Spock is like, kill it. Fucking kill it, Kirk! Oh my god! Because his best friend was in trouble. Meh. Mm-hmm. Pizza Monster could be his best friend. <laughs> well, I think they were. Yeah, by the end, I'm, I'm, I was only half kidding. I'm sure they're pen pals now. Mm. Mm, I, I'm ready to start some, some slash fic. Porter and Spock. Sp- Sp- <gasps> Spock, sends, uh, Spock sends just transmissions. The Horda burns <laughs> burns letters into the rock, and one of the miners takes photos of it and sends the images to Spock. <laughs> Maybe thought, his grammar gets better. I thought there was an interesting, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, even though it's a weird alien monster, there's sort of a, a, a message of tolerance I oh, yeah. felt in this episode. So oh, absolutely, definitely, mm. definitely socially conscious episode. Very Star Trek. Yeah, very Star Trek. <laughs> this episode of Star Trek. Yeah, very Star Trek. Well, and the idea that like you know the workmen are like, oh well, you know. Sh- She's a big, scary monster, but I guess we can get used to her. And then Spock's like, yeah, she said the same thing about you. She mm. thinks you're hideous, but she'll learn to deal. And but, it's just like, she, but she loved my ears. Yeah, she well, loves Spock's I, ears. I thought that was weird how they drew out that last joke so yeah. much. Like, it was like, okay, all right. No, she has impeccable taste. It's like, I think the lady doth protest too much, Spock. <laughs> I don't think she said anything about your ears. <laughs> I believed you at first, but Oh, but Vulcan can't lie. We only have your word for that. <laughs> and also, in the next episode, you lie. Directly to people. That's not, that's not lying, that's acting. Dang. It's not really the same thing. It's always deceiving. With, always with the loopholes. Yeah, it's like how you can you can uh, uh, counter the prime directive if the uh, culture isn't 
being moved forward or what have you. Or just if you feel like it. Yeah, yeah. if you don't like them very much, then you can fuck with them all you want. Or if you just need to destroy everyone on the planet. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, That's well, that, 24. They, they, no, no, those people had space flight. They just didn't use it to explore. So they were already, it sounds like, a at least a warp-capable culture. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's usually, that ends up ultimately sort of later on when they need sort of to have a line of demarcation. Warp capability is the, um... The Holocaust is fine line? Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's no, fucked that, up. That's when you can reach out to people and be like, hi, there's a whole universe out there. They're like, oh, Jesus, fuck, we just got here. Where did you guys come from? You're all so ugly. Yikes. Except the one with the ears. Those are great. Those are great ears you got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy uh, life cycle on those Horda, though. They, yeah, that's, they live that seems 50, like the bad years, idea. They live 50,000 years, lay a shitload of eggs, and then all but one of them dies. 50,000 yep. years? Yes. 50,000 years, and then they leave one nanny to watch them and hope nothing goes wrong. I think they draw lots for that one. I don't know. <laughs> Does that work? What do you think Horda junk looks like? Pizza. <laughs> oh, my. It's a sausage, actually. Yeah, there we go. Oh. oh. <laughs> how, how is there any rock left on this planet? Yeah, if there's thousands of them at, mm. at various points, maybe they're all just way deeper usually. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe... Uh, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe the planet is actually made out of the corpses of maybe the hoarder when they die. But they're silicon-based. They probably would have noticed that. It would have been wow. This planet's mostly made of silicon, maybe they which go is under weird. Some sort of metamorphosis when they die. I don't know. They turn into butterflies. They turn Big into pizza shaped butterflies. To <laughs> palladium or whatever the Sounds hell like it was. They were looking delicious for. Delicious butterfly. <laughs> Pergium. 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 I mean, maybe they normally don't buzz around that much. Yeah. You know, like normally they just kind of chill out. But lately, there's been shenanigans. So mm. maybe but they not. hibernate lots. But now, but now the Lived humans have enslaved them for no, no, no. Mining purposes. They, they've got a, they've got a partnership. Even though the Horda probably don't have any sense of money or ownership. Yeah, I was I wondering. They get in, anything out of it? Yeah, what are they? What is the? Why would the Horda do that? Why would they say, yeah, yeah, we'll go and find where your Pergium is and make you nice, well, nice tunnels to the Pergium? Clearly, what are we getting out of it? I don't know. We don't shoot you anymore. Clearly, because they're dumb natives. Ooh, yeah. no kill I. So Not so it's forward on one thinking hand. now, are you, Star Trek? On the one hand, and on the other hand, here's some beads. <laughs> here's some beads. Those oh. are my eggs. Oh. <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> They're just useless silicon. I mean, they look lovely on you. I'm still waiting for Kirk to take that one that was only kind of broken and put it on as a hat. Mm-hmm. That would have been great. Except the Horda would have mauled him. Shat hat. Shat hat. Yes. Uh, the outfits of the miners wore very colorful. Very colorful. <laughs> we had a nice fuchsia one mm-hmm. on that one guy. Yeah, that one guy, which I think means... What was his deal? Um, they, they he said. was the biggest douche. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why he got the purple junks, jumpsuit. Well, jumpsuit? Appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> a thorough uh, search did not show any junk. So, well... Tis a damn shame, I say. He was, yeah, it's true, yeah. This is the 60s. They probably made him tape it down. Mm. Is there a lot of wiener taping in the 60s? I don't know, probably. I mean, yeah. you say it with the air of authority of a man who knows what he's talking about. No, I'm talking about my Oh, ass. yes. They used to tape dicks all the time in the 60s. <laughs> it's a holdover from the 50s. When you had in the to... 50s, they used leather straps, and then in the 60s, they invented oh, scotch tape. And oh, scotch. no. <laughs> Uh, what is happening? When we get to say, like, gaff tape, we're, we're well Ooh, into modern that your dick. That's not good. Uh. <laughs> I did like that when we see the, the chart of the tunnels, it just looked like a child finger paint. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see from this comprehensive map of the layout. There's thousands uh, of tunnels. It looks like about 20. I also well, love that it was just like, one level, I think. No, I know. But I also love that it was just a big-ass paper chart and not, you know, a computer readout. Hey, it's very primitive on the planet, all right? Apparently. I'll say, I don't know if this was kind of funny, though. There was a chart in the background, which was a nice touch of, like, their... I assume it was supposed to be their production. Because mm. it was, like... Oh, with the line graph? It was a line graph. It was staying sort of relatively level, going up a little bit as time went... And then it just plummeted. Oh, no. Which I assumed was the most recent... Mm. These were when the Horda attack started. <laughs> which I thought That was, was a... the number of days without an accident. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh. yeah, a chart of number of miners. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Uh, 
Yikes. Hey, we saved on payroll this month. <laughs> All balances out. Turn that frown upside down. If you ask Kirk, I mean, I think that would be his benefit. He'd be like, well... Silver linings. The silver lining is you won't have to pay those guys anymore. Um, yeah, Kirk seemed to be very concerned with getting the friggin' per diem. Per diem. I kept thinking that too, I'm not gonna it's, lie. It did sound like they were saying per diem. Over mm. and over. I had nothing left to say on Devil in the Dark. Well, Does anyone else? Then. We love Horda. How much I know. That actually, that's a question I had. Do you think Horda was actually the species name? Or is that actually that, that individual's name and it did not make that point clear to Spock? For a while it was unclear whether its name was a Horda. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, a Horda, how are you doing? No, she does the communications on the ship. Hey, hey! hey Joke. On that note, <laughs> do you want to move on to Errand of Mercy? Yes, another Sweet. example of a way you can apparently uh, break the Prime Directive. Because the Klingons are coming. Because mm. they never do mention that. It's like, this is, this, as far as they know, this is a very primitive culture. But they're just like, hi, we're here from space, because yeah. things. Yeah, they know they're, like, the only thing I noticed was, you know, they, they, they know they're non-aligned. They know yep. they're near the Klingon border. Yep. And and when they get down they, down there, they discover that they're a stagnant society. Right, which but they didn't a, know going in. That's true. But if it's a stagnant society, the Prime Directive doesn't apply. Because right. fuck them, they haven't learned how to use computers yet. But they went in not knowing that. And they yeah. were still just like, like, clearly just another reason it goes out the window is the Klingons. Klingons. Mm. Because, of course, the Klingons, I'm sure, do not have a Prime Directive. Oh, uh, yeah, they do. It's war, I think. Yeah, I mean, he just... Well, Kor just showed up and yeah. declared himself governor. So. Yes. I rule, I rule. Hello, I'm the governor of Organia. And they're like, we're Organians. Yeah. What? Except they didn't. No. They was like, okay, sure, nice mustache. We have no strong feelings one way or the other. Oh, God, they are the neutral planet. <laughs> they really are. Good for them. Tell my wife... Hello. Classic. <laughs> this was pretty good. Yeah, it was this good. Yeah. I, so, I mean, first appearance of the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Boy, it's been a while. They, Original series Klingons sure do look stupid in retrospect. Yeah, yeah the makeup was weird. It's their, it's their initial design, and it's, it's it's very different from what we see later. And apparently it was originally called for to look, uh, quote, oriental and hard-faced was what the script called for. Great, oh, good. No. And um, John Colicos is, I think, how to say his name. Uh, the guy who played Kor, well, they went for a uh, Genghis Khan look with him. Mm. Yeah. So, well, it's interesting because when Kor, um, when he later appears in DS9, he has full... Head ridges. Yeah, he's got. He's does he still older. does he still have the Genghis Khan mustache? He, well, he's way, the actor is way older, obviously. Uh, does he still have the parted down no. the middle yeah, tiny goatee? That was so weird. It looked like a like a hairy butt. I oh, mean, hairy butt. At least, <laughs> at least like some of the actors, their bronzer was even. But some of them were so slapdash. There were a couple that it looked like they only did the face, so that when they got down to the neck, they're like, your neck is a different color than your face. Oh, right? there was a few where it felt like they stopped at the cheeks. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I noticed or that Or the cheekbone, well. it was just... They were running out, and they're and like, okay, space it out, space it out, amongst I, all these actors. I could at least have forgiven some of it if if they all had, like, a strong military bearing, but half the fucking extra are just slumping assholes, and it's just like... Slumping assholes. Christopher Plumber would be <laughs> prolapse assholes. <laughs> no, no, not that dude's face. <laughs> oh no! Back again. Call back. Yeah, I mean, thank God for Core though, because for all that the makeup wasn't right, in a lot of ways he did set a good starting point for proper Klingons. Like a lot of that performance was. In many ways, what we think of even now as a Klingon. Yeah, you see them evolve, obviously, but yeah. you know, the the all we care about is war. It's pretty much there. Yeah. yeah, I think there's there if you know if if you were to look at the evolution of Klingons, obviously you have Kor as the genesis of Klingons, and then I think the next Adam le- Adam of Klingons. Yeah, he's the Adam, and then the next I think big step forward is Christopher Lloyd mm. in Star Trek Three. Yep. Really, bri- you know, he sort of. But Christopher Lloyd was in Star Trek Six. No, he's in. Star no, it's Christopher Plummer. You're thinking Christopher Plummer, yeah. Oh. Who also plays a Klingon. Might be. Okay, thank you. Um, and then I think you know your next big touchstone for Klingon culture is Worf. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty much what Klingon culture will be because we see so much of it yeah. with Worf. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like I said, there is a lot of, I think there's a lot of that basic core DNA that does manage to sort of stretch yeah. through all of them. Even if the, so even if the, the makeup was weird and a lot of the extras so disappointing, mm. our, our main first Klingon did his job and he did it well. And they wore fucking fancy pants. They did. Very fancy pants. So and shiny. fancy sashes too. Yeah, yeah. very sequinful. Yeah, the sashes will stick around. The elaborate bandolier things. Yeah, the sh- the, the sequined pants. They, they, that doesn't. Oh, that's just no. going to go straight into my closet. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> All thirty. Pairs. They're almost like pantaloons. A little they? bit, yeah. yeah. It was um, a nice compliment to the Titan tunic look that uh, we had Kirk and Spock rocking in this. We had yeah, with their tights, little tights. Yeah, they they were. Oof. I appreciate that the disguises the Organians gave them in in like classic Power Rangers fashion. Stuck to their color schemes. Right. Kirk was still in yellow. Spock was still in blue. But here's the thing. Oh, they'll never believe that Spock is one of us. You don't have a fucking hat? None yeah. of you assholes has a hat? We've seen you do the hat trick multiple times. Like, just give him a hat. Or a hood. But, in this case, it was more fun to have him lie about being a merchant. Yep, which he did. Yep. Yeah. Totally lied. Got totally away lied. It. Totally lied to the Klingon mind sifter. Guys mm-hmm. didn't lie. Which... Acted. Acted. The Merchant of Vulcan. Uh, I was thinking uh, that. Thank you. Shakespeare reference. Yeah, I don't think we ever. I don't think the Klingons ever reference having a mind sifter ever. Well, they again. they called it like three or four different things in the episode. It's the True. mind sifter or the mind nuller or the mind wiper. Yeah, or the mind really sure stabber ripper, or the mind. Yeah, there was a ripper. The mind vegomatic. Yeah, I was gonna say four different functions. <laughs> it blends. It purees. It grinds. Ron, it grinds. Popeil's mind. Device. <laughs> oh my god, is Ron Popeil still alive? Can we slap him in some Klingon makeup and have him do a commercial for the Mind Sifter? Just said it, and they forget it! Woo! Good night, everyone. That's that it. We're not going to talk that tonight. Joke. Good joke. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Uh, Thank you. I learned everything I know from watching you. Yeah! <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> you shouldn't be watching him. I, never mind. Oh. Let's see, let's see. Oh, the or, the uh, Organians, they end up predicting friendship with the Klingon Empire. Yep. They say, you guys will eventually be friends and you'll get along and this, that, and then they're, and they're like, nah, all we want is war. Yeah, don't go anywhere near Praxis in about 30 years. Hmm. Praxis. That's a foreshadow. Yeah. We'll so, it sounds practice. like sounds like Jumanji. As long as it's not a five shadow. Mm. Uh, the Klingon Empire has about 50 years of life left in it. Hmm. You know, okay. Okay. So, the Organians. I love them. Are big fucking jerks. I love that. Because <laughs> this whole time, they're just jerking Kirk around. They're, they're just know, saying, are we back to jerking? What is going no on? No more jerking. They're just, they're just pulling him around. They're just, no, no just more. yanking his... Uh, chain. <laughs> chain. Of command. Hey, yes. uh, no, that's, a, that's a great episode of TNG. Um, Yanking his chain of command? Well, basically. <laughs> that's the porno version of it. Uh, okay. Anyway. Anyway, the Organians. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that they're they're just giving them the runaround the whole time. Like, they can't... Like, the first time Kirk is like, hey, why don't we start sabotaging their shit? You know, why don't we have a resistance? They couldn't just be like... "Yeah, Don't no, bother. Yeah, don't bother because we're, we're just going to stop the whole war. Yeah, because we're, because we're non-corporeal beings, and it doesn't matter if they try to kill us, because we're fine. Well, see, I was like, thinking about that. You first. I was going to say, they literally just keep saying, Kirk's like, no, but you don't understand, like, there's trouble coming. And the, they're like, you don't understand us, Captain. And Kirk's like, go on. And they're like, no, you just don't get it yet. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because you haven't fucking told... I, I, you're right, I, I don't look, fucking understand it, because you well, haven't see, fucking said anything. So I have, you just I keep telling me that I, everything's fine. Well, like, here's, what is happening? Here's my thought. I feel like this is the Organian's prime directive. Exactly what I was going to say. Mm. Thank you. Oh, good, good. shit. Like, 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 they say at some point, like, wow, we're to, we're to the Organians what amoebas are to us. Yeah. And they probably don't want, like, don't want to tell us, like, this is what, you know, millions of years of evolution will get you. They'll get you being a cool, colorful cloud thing and, and can't be killed and get to be fucking blasé about everything. Hi, buddy. Hi, Jim. Jim is here. What's up, baby? 
So were the Organians just hoping it would blow over? Yeah, I think they were trying to give these primitives a chance to do the right thing. But ultimately, their own sense of propriety outweighed that when, you know, they, they couldn't in good conscience allow them to, to hurt themselves and each other. Yeah, every um, every time it comes up, they talk about how against violence they are. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's all weird, because obviously... They're against violence, and yet they make their, like, they when they're about to explode into a battle of some kind, they make all of the weapons ultra-hot so that they burn everyone's hands. I mean, so we're, we're against violence, but burning is okay. No, that's not violence. That's, that's negative reinforcement <laughs> is what it they is. They could have just given them a shock violence. or something. But oh, burning? No. Burning felt like a little much. But yeah, I mean, I think the only way you can really explain why the Organians just don't step in and stop every conflict ever does just come down to they, unlike Starfleet, are a lot better at obeying their own prime directive. I mean, they eventually break it at the end. And they're like, well, you guys have got it, out, got it out of us. True, but even this this is sort of a one-time thing because the Klingons and Federation will have small-scale skirmishes in future. Uh, they'll have full-on war again later on. You know, they don't... They After this, they seem to recede again. You know, they don't interfere. Other wars, battles, things do happen that they don't fuck with. Because ultimately, you know, the universe would stagnate. Mm-hmm. They have to allow a certain amount of... It's just that this time it was right on their stoop, so they had no choice but to... Yeah, you guys come to our house, ask us if we're, we're incorporeal beings. We're like, ugh, you can well... Break, you can break the Prime Directive, but only if they're trying to spill their blood on your shit. Why they do have a stoop, I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> what, they, what they do have are these dyed goats, which were yes. cool. Oh, I yeah, like the goats were pretty. I like their, their teal-colored goats. Which presumably were also fake projections. Unless their goats have also evolved beyond physical form. <laughs> we have incorporeal goats. No, they were real goats. It just pleases them to keep goats. That's fair. It's hard to feed them, though, since you're non-corporeal to try to skip, try to scoop out. Hey, can't do it. You know. Now I'm just picturing a ball of light with a uh, pitchfork just hovering beside it. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that was what, because I was thinking the same thing, though, and I think it just comes down to there must be an Organian equivalent to the Prime Directive. Right, here's here's my question on, on the Organians. So so they get Kirk and Spock out of their little prison-y thing, mm-hmm. and they ask them, what happened to the Klingon guards? And they're like, oh, nothing happened to them. But what actually happened to them? Because eventually when, when the rest of the Klingons are like, oh yeah, they escaped... All the other guards, they're not there. Did they send them into space or something? What the fuck happened? I was envisioning some kind of stopped time situation where he was able to use his superpowers to, like, sneak them all through, like, a tunnel in space-time to get them back to the safe place and out of the prison. We have no reason. There's no reason for me to think that. But in my head, I was just kind of like, no, they're super magical people. I mean, I was saying, they have crazy space-bending time. Like... He can appear simultaneously on Earth, Kronos, and Organia. That's not that big a leap to say that he could just yeah. kind of like... You know, and I don't think they necessarily said the guards were gone. Oh, what did they say then? Just that, that, that there were like ten guards watching them, and then when they opened the door to eat food, they just weren't oh, there. So. so the guards were still there watching nothing. Yeah, like it, just, okay. it, it, it does seem... It doesn't seem that much of a stretch that, you know, Kirk and Spock didn't realize it maybe, but they were probably just in a bubble of time flowing differently. Yeah, that's what I... Uh, And uh, and again, considering what he does at the end... How does my tinfoil hat fit you, Jake? What's that? I said, how does my tinfoil hat fit you? Oh, I don't know. I I think they're all plausible theories. We just don't know. We don't know. Tiny, tiny just We're just little amoebas. We can't understand these human beings. Exactly. Well, the one thing I really don't understand, right? They're they're like these highly evolved beings of pure energy. Why do they decide to look like that? Really Weird looking sexy? fuckers. <laughs> Awful purple pajama shirts and Uggs. Well, it's probably another one of those, I'm appearing in a way that will be less freaky to you. Yeah, no, you, ex- you expect they're me to be a stagnant knowing. culture. This is what you would expect us to look like. Yeah. Middle ages With our colored, colored goats. Yeah. Have we told you about Landry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I was actually thinking regarding the um, the Organians. Since we just saw, um, what was he last week? A Taste of Armageddon, in which Kirk tries to stop two cultures from, from being at war by, like, forcing them to be to c- confront what war really is. It's like, 
backwards in this episode where Kirk and the Klingons are like, we have to go to war. This is what war is. And then the Organians are like, guys, really? Mm. War? Is that what you want to do? And Kirk says, oh, right. War kind of sucks. Good point. Yeah, it is a little inconsistent. Take a a lesson from yourself last week, Kirk. Well, see, their war was bad. Because it was computery? And they weren't confront... Kirk would have been confronting the horrors. Plus, this was... This was his battle to work out, thank you. Mmm, quite. However he needs to justify it so he can sleep at night in that sparkly orange bed of his. <laughs> sparkly orange bed? Uh, he has bread spreads made out of that oft-used sparkly orange material that we keep seeing. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably. Good material. Mm. It's beautiful. A lot of use. Um, and by it's good material, I mean it was cheap and they have a shitload of it. So much. Yes. Probably the best kind of material. Probably 13% asbestos. <laughs> Just 13%? <laughs> there were some regulations. Didn't get as then. good a deal as they thought then, did they? I thought it was interesting that Kor knew... Once he learned that Kirk was Kirk, he knew who he was. Oh, oh yeah, Kirk of the Starship Enterprise. Yeah, yes. like Kirk is famous. Uh, the I've garbage been, scow. I've, yeah. been, I've been meaning to meet you, and oh, your first officer, Spock. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, I mean, that one... <clears throat> That one might not be too much of a stretch, because I'm sure yeah. there are probably people I've heard of, but wouldn't know from Adam if you showed me a photo. Well, no, but I mean, it's just interesting that, that Kirk has that much... Oh, yeah, I see what you're Oh, renown? Yeah. Already. That Klingons yeah. would know who he is in the name of his ship. And well, he did true. destroy that computer that time. That's true. And that Corbin might... Corbin might... Corbin? Corbin might maneuver, and... Yeah, it does feel like... Khan? Maybe yeah. a lot of the stuff he's... He planted that space seed. Yes. A lot <laughs> of the stuff he's famous for he maybe hasn't done yet or has only just done and how have the Klingons already heard? Well, mm. maybe maybe they know... The, do they know? Do the Klingons know the Enterprise is orbiting ahead, hanging out? Maybe they scanned and realized, oh, this is Kirk's ship. Interesting. Yeah, they had a dossier. Yeah, a yeah. dossier on the Enterprise crew. Well, they are, I mean, a warlike people and... You know, um, studying your opponent is a big part of successful war stuff. That's true. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if this guy spent, you know, five hours a day memorizing, you know, recent academy graduates and their rank and title and the ship that they're on. And it just doesn't, it seems like they probably would. Yeah, and if there's only, I think Kirk had said at one point that there were only 12 ships in Starfleet. Like the Enterprise. Oh, okay. So there may be other ships that are not... Like, yeah, like, I think the the Enterprise, the what will eventually, you know, I don't think it's been established yet, but will retroactively become the Constitution class, mm. was, you know, their biggest, best, and newest, but they certainly had other... I'm just wondering if maybe Starfleet's a bit smaller than oh, we almost, think of it. Oh, almost certainly. And then, you know, maybe, maybe being a Starfleet captain is sort of a big deal. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We also, I mean, I guess we don't know if this is Kirk's first command... That's true. He had an awful lot of accommodations. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, had little, he even had a dangly medal. Most people he just had the little triangles. He had a he had an actual ribbon. Yeah, badass. His gymnastics rip medal, as Chris called it. Yeah, mm. that one in last I, week's. I was uh, gonna say I don't think that <laughs> when he was packing, going down to the uh, in the Jizz Blossom Planet, he was looking at his Starfleet pencil case, and then this random medal. Mm. Really big bastard of a medal in a case, though, and I called it his gymnastics medal. <laughs> Although, I mean, he's supposed to be sort of a surprisingly young captain, too, though, so it seems unlikely this wouldn't be his... Guinness Book record holder, youngest Starfleet captain ever. Yeah, like, I feel like, if anything, this, it would have to be his first... He'd just have a target on his head, probably, then, too. Yeah, Like, they yeah, would definitely true. know who he is, because they'd be like, oh, look at this little upstart. Yeah, because I don't think he's ever actually little monkey. established in the show or movies or anything what exactly he did to become... Such a young captain, but clearly it had to be something special. Turned in Finney and cheated on the Kobayashi Maru. Yes, yes. That's, that sounds like enough. I wonder if that's what the dangly medal is. The I cheated on the Kobayashi Maru medal. And all I got was this stupid medal. Which is why no one else has that medal. <laughs> oh, on the back. And the command of a starship. Suckers! <laughs> Psych! Well, it wasn't like he was a captain right out of the academy. No, no, but I think he's supposed to be... No, he had to turn in Ensign Finney for not closing that circuit. That's right. He was a lieutenant or whatever it was, so... Oh, Finney. He's the gift that keeps on giving, really. really 
What a loser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they never promoted him. Yeah, his daughter um. hates him. Because <laughs> uh. he fucking made her dress like that. Did you see that nonsense she was wearing? Oh, that little skirt. If he'd been a better officer, he could have sent her to a better private school with less stupid uniforms. Seriously. Mm-hmm. What a piece of shit. <laughs> the little cape was okay. <laughs> <sighs> this has been shitting on Finny. <laughs> and his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh. He, he knows what he did. He didn't close that goddamn circuit. Then he fucking hid out in the bowels of the Enterprise like the Phantom of the fucking Opera. <laughs> running around, like, screwing with, you know, tapes, security tapes, and framing someone for his oh, murder. Oh, God, you know he was, like, using his access to peep on people. Oh, no, oh, I no. didn't know that, and I don't oh. want to think about it. I, listen... He was a douche. I don't need to think that he was a sexual sex offender. Not a sexual sex offender, just a regular sex offender. Yeah, so what else What else on the uh, Organians? They're yet another highly advanced being that we come across. That is true. Which is absurd. There's a there's a line at the end. It's something like, um, like they say, it's unsettling to discover that we're not the most powerful beings in the universe or whatever they it's say. It's like the third or fourth time. And it's like, yeah, not, not you guys Again. or the Thasians or the Telosians or the or the guys from the Shoreleaf planet or the other ones. And there's like 12 the of them The ones from the now. Gorn episode. Everyone, oh my God, every the Gorn single, guys. Every single alien race you've met since the beginning of this show. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, the only ones who are beneath you at this point are the kids from Miri. And Amoeba. Amoebas, yeah, amoebas fuck amoeba. Okay. Until they meet that space amoeba that almost destroys the ship. <laughs> That's an episode, right? I'm not making that up. I would be surprised. Where's that next gen? What, is that really a thing? <laughs> There's really a space amoeba at some point. Oh my god, you're not joking? God, no. Amoebas yeah. suck. Fuck amoeba. <laughs> I love I think so much animosity towards the amoeba. Poor <laughs> single-celled bastards. They'll never know. <laughs> um, they might listen. You think the Organians like, have uh, holiday parties with whatever Trelane's race are and the Q and all the other incorporeal weirdos? They Melvar, all get together. Melvar and his parents. <laughs> Not Melvar. That's Trillane. Just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no. The gas clouds all have their own other separate holiday party. Oh. Plan to the they all get together. Which is that episode with that with the gas cloud uh, obsession? No. That's one of them. Yeah. Obsession. Is that what it's called? Yeah. I think so. All right, sorry. Took a little but yeah, no, I, I, I do kind of wonder, though, like, all these really super highly evolved sort of races, do they ever interact? Yeah, they check on how each other is doing. Oh, yeah, see, see you guys have explored all of the universe now. How much have you guys done? Hmm. Well, you know, we've explored this one and started in on uh, bits of the various multiverses. Oh, aren't we fancy? Oh, Marvel fans. Have we told you how many wormholes we created? Well, see, we've been busy uh, studying the individual worlds that build up on atoms. Well, we stopped a war between the humans and the Klingons. <laughs> Done that if I wanted. Well, Horton heard a who. <laughs> Horton's at those meetings. It's like, it's the Q, the Trelanes, the Organians, Still- the Gorn guys, and Horton, who's just like... Sitting there with the clover in his trunk. He's just like, I am so confused. I thought I heard something. <laughs> uh, what a strange reference. I love it. Oh, uh, sorry. No, no, no Horton heard a, Horton heard a cue. Ah. Shit. Oh, my God. Can we write that? Let's write that. Uh, <laughs> no, but we should. Anyway. We can't, <laughs> but we should. Absolutely. Oh, man. That was another thing. I'm, I'm going to go back to, uh, to Devil in the Dark a little bit. Whoa. Yeah. This is... This came a little out of nowhere. Where, where, where Spock, like, thinks, says, like, we're being watched, Captain. Oh, yeah. It's like, you weren't Intu- being watched. Intuition? Yeah. Was that intuition? No. We're being watched. That doesn't answer my question. Not at all. <laughs> but thank you, Spock. Also, we're not being watched because we learned that the hoarder is several tunnels that way. Mm-hmm. But, all right, sure. And we did Spock have a... Spock to be scary. He did. <laughs> I mean, we also need to get a little more of the uh, non-direct touching telepathy. The initial mm. mind meld he did. Yeah, mm. but he, he, you know, the implication is that there's a limit that, like, you can. Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah I can. So much. I can tell it's in pain, but I can't do any more than that. Yeah. And then, and then, in Errand of Mercy, he resists the mind sifter. Yep. The Vulcan mind. I swear to God, it's if like the Klingons had, yeah, if the Klingons had dissected it, what the hell would they even even found? Yeah, I don't think dissecting it would have helped. I, I feel like it's more mental discipline than the actual mm. structure of the brain, oh guys. Oh, we found this chip in, in here. Yeah. It was 128 sour, megabytes. It was sour cream and onion. Oh, delicious. <sighs> Anything else? I don't think so. I mean, like, these were... I mean, again, I didn't love 
I didn't love The Devil in the Dark. I just felt like it was a little long. I liked Errand of Mercy a little better. It felt like it had better pacing and mm-hmm. less just I, nonsense. I think and, these know, the two were, Yeah, I think these two were more straightforward. Yeah. Those episodes yeah. than having lots of complex craziness. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we had that great scene of uh, stock footage. That they purchased oh, the, of explosions. The, the three different explosions. When Kirk yeah. blew up the, the Christmas presents full of chemicals. Spared no expense. <laughs> Which again, you know, Spock sets off the time. It's like, six seconds. Like, you, you couldn't have set a longer timer? Six seconds would be funny. I think it was more like two seconds. Yeah, that's yeah but true what too. if what if Shatner had blown out a Hemi, you know, while... <laughs> a Hemi, rather, while running, and then he just gets blown... I don't know something something well, something about Shatner being in bad shape. Then so much, so much getting poor blown. Kirk. Then Kirk runs huh. the Kirk Spock. Hey. Spock runs the ship, and it's done much more logically. Mm. Mm. I'm sad about the lack of Doc and Organians. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, where was oh, he yeah. when we needed him? Where's him sassing? That's what was missing from that episode was was the sass. Yeah, and the mint and juleps. Yeah, him and him and Scotty were working off a hangover below decks. By indulging in the hair of the dog, so I have much. to assume so they had they had some some leftover spore flowers laying around. They're like, hey, let's go let's go get some spore. Mm. God, no, get spored. It's kind of like that. It's the new drug craze in, in the Federation. Eusporia. Hey, ah, nice. Sometimes my portmanteau is on point. Mm-hmm. That was good. Well, thank you very much for joining us. This has been episode 14 of A Star to Steer Her By. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Please find our Facebook page, Star to Steer Her By. You'll find links to the show and our Twitter and Tumblr and all that. Uh, as always, I'm Chris. Oh, I'm Ames. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Jake. Look forward to next week when we are covering The Alternative Factor and all-time classic The City on the Edge of Forever. Thank you very much for listening, and I fucked that up. Thank you for listening. Keep it. <laughs> and be sure to tip your yeoman. Not We're not doing week. phrasing anymore. <laughs> uh. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna Sipping put my mint that julep. on a loop for 20 minutes <laughs> at the end julep. of the episode. <laughs>